Yes, you're wrong. The podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. I know you're just waiting for my <laughs> sad, lost voice reveal. I love it. It's really endearing, honestly. There's something really like, it just speaks to like the mother in me, I guess. I'm just like, oh, poor little baby Matt. He doesn't have any voice left. I know. I don't know what happened. It just <laughs> now it's gone. Yeah. It's a wild weekend, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad you had it. You lived it up. You had a good time. You wanted to bring a new flavor to the podcast. So honestly, I'm proud of you for trying something new. <laughs> Well, it was like on Friday, I went to a friend's birthday party and I was like talking loudly to people. And then we went out to a club afterwards. And then on Saturday, I had a going away party where again, I was like singing and talking loudly to people. It was just a lot. (laughs) That's honestly wild. I've only lost my voice that bad. I mean, I've, I've definitely lost it from like a concert or something like that, but not just like hanging out with friends. Okay. Well, I mean, it was one, we were like shout talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, if I can interest you in some lemon, hot lemon water with a little honey, that'll, that'll cure that right up. Smooth out those vocal cords. I've been drinking a lot of water. I'm trying to stay hydrated, you know? Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll work. All the recording a podcast is probably not <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on vocal rest. <laughs> yeah, but after last week's fiasco, we had to we had to show up rain or shine, rain or sun. So yes, here we are in a big way. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big week, huge. Um, but uh, I hear we have an email you've been holding out on. Yes, I keep forgetting to read this, but we did get an email from Kimmy, which is very sweet. And she says, Dear Matt and Shelby, I just wanted to log on and say a very late happy birthday to Shelby. Even even later now because of when I'm reading this. (laughs) I have been a loyal listener for all three years of the podcast's existence and have emailed before. You may know me as Duck Pond Girl or the one who keeps begging you to cover Better Call Saul. But I give up on that one now because I think it's pointless to try to convince you. Yeah, I don't think either of us are ever going to watch Better Call Saul. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Thanks for emailing us about it. (laughs) Your podcast has brought me comfort through the pandemic when I was an ICU nurse in my hospital's COVID unit. A dark time. Yikes. And now that I have recently started grad school, it helps me decompress after much studying. I've listened through all the episodes twice. I always oh, skip wow. all the guest episodes. <laughs> <laughs> At least there's honesty. And the Taylor Swift episodes. Oh. And have just started the podcast over for a third time. So lest you get excited to see a new listener is downloading the Jurassic Kingdom episode. Nope, it's only me. I have to say, you guys used to be way nicer to each other. You guys are the best. (laughs) 
Please keep up the good work. I depend on you. LOL. Wow. I feel like I feel in my memory we're nicer to each other now, but yeah, I know. I'm curious to go back and listen. I don't know if I could physically endure that, um, but maybe we were just like more polite generally. I feel like this last year, like really, just I I gave up on caring what people think. I think maybe to some degree you did, and maybe that reflected in our interactions with each other too. <laughs> I'm not sure that will ever happen for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one day you'll just get burnt out and realize everyone around you is dumb. So why give enough, you know? That's true. That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Except for our listeners and such loyal listeners as that. That's honestly so touching. I, I didn't know our guest episodes were that bad. <laughs> I like our guest episodes. I think they're fun. We'll have to get her feedback on what exactly You know, she's done her study now, so I feel like she could give us some insight into what's working, what's not really. Maybe she could become our producer. Maybe she means the guest episodes like the ones where we're both not on there, like when you Mm. were on maternity leave. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are probably trash. I haven't even listened to them. So I understand that (laughs) if that's the case. (laughs) Rude. Rude. Uh, No, that's really nice to hear. Um. I uh, I want to get into this week's news, though, because I feel like we're behind ex- because we recorded last week, but then didn't get to air it because someone, you know, messed up the audio. And now here they are with a weird voice, but we'll get there one day. Um, but uh, there was a wrinkle in the uh, in the Chrissy Teigen saga, um, which I'll have to yeah, catch I somehow knew up on. this was going to be coming back <laughs> into the rotation. She can't be quiet. Um, but but for a recap, if you haven't been paying attention, it's been almost a month now. But basically, um, Chrissy Teigen was called out by Courtney Stodden, who was infamously married to a um, to the fifty year old actor Doug Hutchinson at the time when she was a sixteen year old. So a very, very like, you know, tabloid heavy story. She got a lot of attention, a lot of like weird interviews, um, a lot of criticism aimed at her for no real reason except for our dear old friend's sexism and misogyny. But she, they have since, I'm so sorry, she's not, they are non-binary. So I made that all up, but um, they have since come out and kind of called out the, um, the toxic a pop culture reaction to them and this relationship that turned out to be, you know, heavily abusive emotionally and uh, mentally. And uh, one of one of their celebrity figures they called out was Chrissy Teigen, who at the time would tweet at Courtney and supposedly, according to Courtney, would DM them and tell them to kill themselves. And pretty horrific um experiences and some of her tweets at Courtney were also similarly um deranged and bullying and aimed at a 16-year-old child. So not a great look for Chrissy. She was immediately called out for that behavior. Um sort of issued an apology on Twitter where she was like, oh yeah, I have no excuse except that I was insecure and like sorry about that. I've definitely reached out to Courtney and then Courtney was like, no, she never reached out to me. Like, I, <laughs> sorry, that's not the case. And so since then, Chrissy's just been on sort of a, you know, social media 
silence, but she broke it today when she released a essay on Medium, as one does these days. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. <laughs> she, you know, bless her heart, she, she wanted to start by saying, like, I was a troll, full stop, and I am so sorry. I mean, it wasn't a full stop because she then went on for a page and a half as she explained exactly why she was the way she was and what she hopes to learn from this experience. And a lot of, a lot of, you know, her, 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 me, 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 me type stuff. And I think people rightfully criticized, rightfully celebrated this apology essay. It can be hard to get an apology right. I don't think you can get it right because someone will always be um, either not in a place to forgive or still bothered by something that they didn't take full accountability for or feel like it's just making excuses or that there's not enough accountability. And all of that makes total sense. But um, Chrissy's angle coming at it was um, that she didn't want to make excuses and that... Um, but at the time, she was insecure, she was immature, and she thought that she needed to impress strangers in order to be accepted. And she thought she took to Twitter to gain attention and show off what she thought would be like a, you know, a harmless, a crude, harmless, clever sort of quip that would get her in the in with these, you know, the, the normies that she could relate to. She wanted to be... <laughs> um liked by them yeah Mm -hmm. she wanted to be in on the trolling um and since then she's come to realize like oh wow that wasn't a great look good for her glad she's grown but it was interesting that in her apology essay she cites like parenthood and how it's hard to realize like you want your kids to be better than you but you you know how do you how do you teach them? How do you let them grow if you're not letting yourself grow type thing? And, you know, she cites this idea of evolution and growth and being better than how we started, which it's messy because I agree, but I've also never told someone to kill themselves before. And I feel like, you know, there's a bar that's just been like buried beneath the center of the earth at this point. And we're all just like, I'm constantly surprised by how people still manage to just trip over it. Like, it's like, I really, I really struggle to believe that that's excusable behavior for an adult. Like she wasn't like 17 tweeting this. She was an adult, like in a functional relationship, um, talking trash at a 16 year old and then going beyond the public persona of a Twitter troll and DMing them you know, allegedly, I guess we should say, telling them to kill themselves. And I just, I struggle with her. I think we all know that at this point, but. Yeah. It feels like Chrissy Teigen had a lot of the sort of shock jock stuff going on. I mean, it still does, but especially early in her Twitter persona of just like, oh, let me say things that are going to like, you know, like transfer well to sort of the masses and wasn't really using her platform to stand up for things so much as just like tear down things if other people would be into that. And yeah, I feel like with her and this whole situation, you the, you can you can certainly apologize for things, but there are some things that if you it's like the apology isn't enough, you know, like there has to be some kind of like punishment for it. And I mean, like 
b- really harshly bullying a child is yeah is not a behavior that I feel like you can just be like, oh, I've learned and grown. Okay, not doing that anymore. It's like, well, yeah, but that was actually something that was like really, really shitty and not something that was like um, – sort of like an accidental or like, oh, I slipped up or like, oh, like times were different back then or whatever. It's like, no, that's something that like is bad (laughs) no matter when you were doing it. Yeah. It's hard because I'm like, well, what do I want from a celebrity apology? I don't really know. And it's not like I was one of the ones affected by this culture Chrissy Teigen created. And so do I have room to say whether or not an apology is efficient? It's just kind of like, I don't know. It's hard when a celebrity needs to apologize in order to move on making money off of the audience they've curated. And so all of it somehow feels a little bit inauthentic and um, by necessity rather than by true feelings. And Uh while I wasn't as bothered by this apology as previous apologies or non-apologies or, you know, Kevin Hart going on tour being like, oh, cancel culture is bad. Like, I I do still wonder, like, oh, well, what am I waiting for? I don't know. <laughs> well, I think you want the – I think the key is that you want the apology to be sincere and you want it to feel like something that that they weren't just forced to do by a PR agency. Like, if yeah. it was – if it's something that it does seem like, oh, the person ha- – like, that was a long time ago. The person has learned – a lot since then and has like made action since then to change it sort of without the public outcry. Then when they apologize, it feels more real when it, when Chrissy's been saying, you know, rude things about people for a long time and it has recently, and now she's being called out. You're like, well, is this a real apology or is this just, you know, like words that she's having to say like the bare minimum, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's tricky. <laughs> Yeah, well, bless her heart. She's back on social media, so I guess we'll see if she's if she's grown. Um, I feel like a similar type story that we should just touch on quickly is what's going on with The Bachelor because mm, Chris Harrison yes. has been permanently booted. He was like put on a hiatus, and yes. then they brought in some other former Bachelor contestants to like host the new season. They have David Spade coming in to host (laughs) Bachelor in Paradise, which feels like a very odd choice for me, but you know. Well, and Lance Bass and Titus Burgess and um, uh, Little John. So I don't know what they're doing on Paradise, but it's it's bonkers. All all four of those people are hosting? Yeah, I think they're going to do like a stint, like a, I don't know if it's like, COVID like related or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but even though it's funny is they say it's like a week, but it, Paradise is actually all filmed in like three weeks or something ridiculous. So it's like they've squeezed in like three episodes per week. So I don't know how they're going to handle it. I also don't know where the women are. But yeah, Chris Harrison's out, which isn't surprising. Uh, you know, I feel like if he had been there'd been rumors that he'd hired a high powered attorney to negotiate his exit deal. And it was clear there was bad blood there for whatever reason, whether that was Chris feeling betrayed by them not having his back or whether the the uh, producers of The Bachelor felt like he was just, you know, too messy now to bring back. Obviously, they tried to test it with that um, interview he did with GMA earlier where he was like, oh, yeah, I'm better. But I also feel like you guys all overreacted. And GMA was like, wow, that didn't feel sincere. And so they had to pull the brakes on that. Um, but I think what's interesting is that... Uh, you know, he was able to negotiate a mid 
eight figure payout. So, you know, it, it didn't seem like that much, but I mean, this is a guy who did absolutely nothing for <laughs> 20 years and got paid buco bucks for it. So good for him, you know, really taking this limit, these lemons and making some lemonade for himself. But I really wish, um, the rumor was that he had all this dirt on, on the series, obviously, and on Mike Fleiss, who's the producer and, and all the stuff that he was threatening to expose if they didn't give him that high of a payout. So I, I don't know if I wished that he had a expose coming out because, you know, more money in his pocket, but, but I think it would have been interesting to see if this had gone, you know, <laughs> uh, nuclear, what could have come out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because the confidentiality thing was definitely part of the settlement. Yeah. At least in the articles I read. I am still like sort of surprised that this went so poorly for him so quickly. I mean, like he really bungled like every step along the way. But it's like it feels like it could have like he could. It was very much like his own doing and sort of like his continued missteps that got him into the situation. Cause it's not like, Oh, there was like a tape released of like him saying the N word or, you know, something that was like that black and white. It was mostly just that he like did not handle a bunch of things well in a continued series. So I, I'm so I'm still like a little bit surprised that he's gone and also yeah. a little bit like, well, like is some other network going to like snatch him up and have him host something else? Cause he is like a big name. And, and even though like, I mean, we've talked about this before, like people in the know obviously understand what's happening and why he's gone. But I feel like a lot of the people who are bachelor fans are not paying attention to this yeah. or are people who would, are like very anti-cancel culture and would support him. So I feel like if an, if some cable channel like picks him up for some kind of romance show, that there will be people <laughs> who go watch it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've seen the end of him. But I also feel like he wasn't like a good host. Like he didn't do much. He had probably the lowest hosting duties I've seen in a reality show. So it's sort of like, does he have a skill? I don't know. I guess he's like personable, but he might feel a little like jaded at this point because of how he seems to have taken it badly, right? Like he doesn't feel like yeah. he did anything wrong. He feels like he was betrayed by this cancel culture type vibe. And so mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to remain salty about it. And I don't know if that'll color his, uh, you know, happy go lucky kind of persona he's catered. Yeah, we shall see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What what do you have for us next? Um, well, the other news is that Keeping Up with the Kardashians officially ended. It's uh, the series finale. Oh yes, was last week, and I I haven't watched since the early seasons, and I maintain that the early seasons are some of the best reality television to ever air and like you know for better or worse gave us the era of TV we have now and. Um, it's interesting to see it kind of all wrap up. It's it it managed to find a pretty compelling storyline. Um, obviously, a lot of the last few seasons have been wrapped up in the sisters no longer liking each other, which is probably the least fun turn of events for a show that was built on a family that seemed to really actually like each other. Um, but the other the other storyline going into the finale was obviously Kim Kardashian and her failed 
marriage with uh, Kanye. And they didn't like touch on it a ton because, you know, Kanye has always been sort of removed from the, from the show and she's always kind of privatized that relationship as, as much as a Kardashian can. Um, but in these last few episodes, she talked a lot about how hard it's been to feel like she doesn't have a partner in the same sense that she thought she did at the beginning. And she didn't really like point fingers, but it was more that she realized the way she described it is that she thought she wanted like these big romantic gestures. She thought she wanted these big, loud personalities and constantly moving and doing and growing. But she realized she didn't have anyone to like spend the little moments with. She didn't have someone to share a TV show with. She didn't have someone to like work out with. He's living in, he's been like living in different states than her doing his, you know, his music, his his gospel uh, show, his his um, fashion line. And so I think they've just grown apart in a real way. And that's really interesting considering where they started, where obviously Kim was famous in her own right. And I don't want to rob her of that. But her marriage with Kanye did seem like a joint effort to raise the Kardashians brand in a in a certain way. It, you know, it catapulted to the her to her Vogue, her first Vogue cover after wanting that for so long. But Kim outgrew Kanye in a big way, especially as he went through some of his um mental health issues and the the downfall around some of that personality clash and so suddenly she was solo on vogue and she was doing all this stuff Mm -hmm. and you know and so it was kind of interesting to see that the show wrapped up on this point where kim is arguably at her most (laughs) her most famous she's a billionaire or close to it and she's just sad that she doesn't have this like partner she wanted and thought and she thought Kanye was the one because he helped her get these these goals but then in the end it's sort of just like oh wow you know we've watched the Kardashians go from (laughs) I mean not nothing but a much smaller piece of the millionaire pie to the global icons they are now and wondering like oh well was it all worth it for them and I, I think they'd argue that yes obviously it was but it was interesting to see it end on such a human um, relationship and that sort of feeling of like, oh, what do I have? Even though I have everything, <laughs> I still maintain that I don't think this is the end. I mean, obviously, it's not the end yeah. of the Kardashians, but I don't think it's the end of their reality show. Interesting. I mean, they've, si- <clears throat> they've signed deals, and I just feel like even though a lot of their stuff is the business, um, and you know, their money is coming from that side of things. And right now, after so many years of this, they're frustrated with the reality TV show celebrity angle of it. At the same time, it's like, that's also what they built everything on. And I think what, I just think that after a little while, they'll be like, wait a second, we can (laughs) be more lucrative if we are back into this a little bit, even if it's not everybody and even if it's only some of them, but like. Yeah, I'll be interested to see. Well, I think they do have some sort of partnership with Hulu, but I don't know exactly what that show looks like. Right, yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there's something going on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the last weird funny story that I had that I am so excited to talk about, and I hope that you heard nothing about this. Have you heard about the fiasco going on in Ultimate Slip and Slide, the NBC show? No, (laughs) I didn't even know that was a show. Yeah, so I think it's sort of like a wipeout kind of adjacent thing, but it's like slip and slide, like water slide type 
you know, deal. I'm not exactly sure what the show is, but yeah, it's some kind of like average people competition show where they're on like these water slides trying to grab things or catch things or whatnot. And I guess there was some kind of issue with fecal matter getting into like the food or the water. They're unsure. Ew. But like multiple, like over 40 people on the cast and crew had like explosive diarrhea from whatever this was. And they had to shut down the entire production. And they were saying that like people were collapsing on set. Like they didn't have enough bathrooms for people. They were just like scrambling. And I was thinking of the, of the second season of American Vandal where it's like they (laughs) spike the punch or whatever with the laxatives and i was like this is just hysterical they have a whole week left of shooting and i guess they're just scrapping it because they're like yeah i know everybody's like too sick and like dead to do anything because of this bacterial infection that everyone got that is horrific that's disgusting somebody make me a movie about that because (laughs) that's an entertaining time that is so wild well my condolences to them all that i wouldn't wish that on anyone but also stop making dumb shows like that see i would that's the kind of show like i would watch it if i was staying in a hotel or something you know it's like it's on yeah Um, okay love it or hate it what do you have uh, well, Loki started on Disney Plus, um, and I'm happy to say it's very weird and very fun, and I think it's going to get weirder. And that's a relief to me because, like we talked about, I liked WandaVision. I felt like it was a different um, yeah. tone and angle for the MCU. And then Falcon and the Winter Soldier just disappointed me. I couldn't even finish it. It felt so basic and broy and unimaginative and just another sort of muscle movie. And mm-hmm. so I was sort of like, oh, this is too bad. But Loki, I think, reinvigorated my hope in this next phase for the Marvel Universe. Because obviously, like WandaVision, um, the multiverse that's being explored in Loki is going to play into a lot of the movies that are currently in the works. And so I think the MCU is going to get darker. It's going to get stranger. It's going to get more nerdy. And um, Loki oh, is goody. like a, is like a, is a fun one that I think you might like because it's sort of heisty. It's, it, I don't know if you know anything about it, but isn't Loki dead? Yeah. Yeah. So in this, it basically takes point after, you know, an end game, when they go back in time and he grabs the Tesseract and disappears like in a past, you know, in a past timeline. Vaguely. So basically it picks up right after that and he's arrested by this um, force that he, this yet unknown force that's like the, the, they're keeping the timeline intact. And so he had broken from the timeline and there thus is now meant to be killed off but they decide they can use him for these other missions that they need to complete to kind of keep the the universal timeline from fracturing into the this multiverse so i'm sure things will go awry it'll get messy but it also stars owen wilson as sort of the like the detective bureaucratic type figure in this in this agency okay and they they have like this fun charisma together. Like it's sort of like buddy copish. They're setting it up to be, and I think it'll be. I think it'll be fun and kind of like quirky and and strange. So I I was impressed by it. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll let you know if it if it seems like something you'd grow into. Isn't it only like six episodes or something too? I feel like yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be really short. 
It's six so episodes, but they're an hour long or 40 minutes long each. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, I tried to talk about this last week, but then yes. it didn't work because our episode got scrapped. But <laughs> I love it, Bo Burnham's special inside so much that I was like, okay, well, let me talk about it again <laughs> and see if the episode works this time. Yeah. Um, so Bo Burnham, who is an actor and a writer and sort of a singer, like originally became famous from doing from writing uh, songs like on YouTube, like comedy songs. I was I have liked him since middle school, and then he's been an actor. He was in Promising Young Woman. He was in The Big Sick. He also directed and wrote Eighth Grade. Now he had a new special that just came out on Netflix that is. Lots of like comedy songs, but also some other kinds of bits and things too. But <laughs> yeah. the the premise is that he like wrote, filmed, sung, directed, did the lighting for, edited like the entire thing during the pandemic all by himself while he was in this single room working. And so it's a cool special and I, I think it's funny and it also deals a lot with like mental health and stuff. But I feel like the most interesting aspect of it is just watching it from like a filmmaking perspective because it's insane how much stuff he can do with like one room and one person um but you also watched this i did i watched it on your recommendation so let the record show (laughs) we are nice to each other still see yes occasionally. Um, (laughs) i liked the first half a lot more than the second half because the first half was more like yeah experimental and fun and kind of funny he does a lot of weird random songs that are kind of disjointed and almost just like passing thoughts he's had um Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are funny and clever the second half really just leans into the depression and and i feel for him but it was almost like too painful to watch for me it was like okay Mm -hmm. i don't know if i need to see all of this for so long but (laughs) but that being said i mean at least he's talking about it so (laughs) That's singing show. about it yeah singing yes and now the now all the music's available on spotify oh wow so, well white then, girl instagram coming your way yes white woman listening. instagram yeah white woman yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um okay well perfect uh <laughs> this was a fun episode hopefully the audio and stuff ever <laughs> all goes through yeah. um we'll be back next week to talk about air on thursday to talk about in the heights which i'm really yes. excited about and yeah otherwise you can follow us on social media we have a patreon we have a merch line yes on um, the patreon um my the second taylor swift episode is coming out and i'm doing a deep dive like a 22 page deep dive okay oh, gosh. this is my okay. research on taylor swift easter eggs because i feel like it's just gotten out of hand and honestly i i think we're giving taylor swift too much credit for her planning and um preparing and it's time we talk about it so (laughs) that's coming your way on the patreon which you can check out um but we'll also be doing a bonus episode with matt and i uh later in the month as well awesome 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 okay well we'll see you guys on thursday bye